Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. Historically, most outpourings, awakenings, revivals, and moves of God have come in the midst of some of the most thunderous and difficult times. It is the church awakened that can bring healing and hope in the darkest of times. Listen as Doug shares why the church must come to God with a united cry to see Him move on our behalf and what He senses God wants to do in our nation again. But we, His bride, need to be prepared. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. This past February 6, 2023, many of us were horrified at the tragic earthquake that affected Turkey, Syria, and the surrounding region. Already in less than a week, over 33,000 people have been found killed because of this tragedy, and the numbers continue to rise. Millions have been displaced, and in the midst of all of this, I know all of our hearts are overwhelmed and aching for those who have lost so much, and for those who are now suffering in the bitter cold with no shelter, lack of food and resources, and lack of winter clothing. That's why it's so important for us to continue to pray and respond as the Lord leads to come alongside those organizations, churches, agencies that are all trying to do what they can in the midst of such tragedy to bring some element of relief and help. During the same last few days, we've also seen the news of the Chinese surveillance balloons over across the United States and Canada and other regions. That creates a lot of distraction in media as well. And the questions that arise of why these things are happening at this time, it seems in many ways It's been a perfect storm these last few years with the pandemic, increase of wars and rumors of wars, challenges all around us, political unrest, not just in our nation, but around the world, as well as these things of deception that continue to arise, as well as natural disasters and crises that bring such human tragedy and suffering. And then for all those who are football fans, or for those around the world that might call it gridiron, the Super Bowl is being played this very day on Sunday. February the 12th. The football game seems so minuscule compared to the grand scale of what's happening across this nation and around the world and the human tragedies and not just happening because of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, but the ongoing tragedies that are going on all around the globe. We need an intervention of the Lord like never before. And yet in the midst of all these things, there has been a move of God that began Wednesday morning on the 8th of February at Asbury University. Although they've had moves of God there over the years, it was back in 1970 and then now here in 2023 that there is a supernatural outpouring of His presence that we all pray would sweep not just through there, but through other campuses and across the nation and around the world. We need an outpouring of the manifest presence of the Lord like never before. Let me share some of my perspective from my research and observations and experiences on outpourings of God in the midst of the most difficult of times throughout history. Before I share any further, let me just share a couple of testimonies in the midst of the situation that is going on in Turkey and Syria through the tragedy of the earthquake. One of the reports that we shared from our partner organizations is that the situation is far worse than expected, and that was written by one of our ministry partners working in Turkey and Syria. They said, we have identified dozens of displaced Iranians and Afghani refugees who are being shipped out of the affected area to find shelter anywhere they can. 
Our team will house up to 50 people, and they are getting ready for that. But there are several hundred more. Another one of our Somebody Cares International partners, Pastor Rafael Najem, who is also on the board of our Somebody Cares New England chapter of Somebody Cares, received this message from one of his pastors in Lebanon. I got a SOS call from the Aleppo churches for urgent relief. It is freezing cold, and people lost their homes. It is 5.40 a.m., and I'm heading to Aleppo by car with a truck full of blankets, carpets, sleeping bags, and some cash for food, gas, and accommodations. Please pray for me and our team of three that is heading there. Thankfully, the team arrived at the Syrian border safely and was able to report, We found grace and favor in the eyes of the authorities at the border. The checkpoint leader was crying when he saw our love. They are desperate. They gave us their phone numbers in case of emergencies. In 10 minutes, we passed through 15 checkpoints. They saw the recommendation letter from the general, the head of the border, and let us pass with lots of love and joy. What a miracle, they said. They plan to organize field visits weekly. The situation is dire. Over 22,000 have died, they said. But the reality is, as of today, there are well over 33,000, as I shared earlier. And the United Nations estimates up to 5 million just in Syria alone have been left homeless or displaced. We are in communication throughout the day with some of our partners that are in the region, as well as those that are on their way, and we'll continue to give updates as we can. But I would ask you to continue to pray for all those that are still trapped to be found and rescued, and safety for rescue workers and protection from the cold for everyone, protection for all from recurring aftershocks, and to the many families who have already lost loved ones in this tragedy. There will be so much need, so much ongoing work that will have to take place to help bring some element of healing and hope in the midst of all of this. So continue to pray with us. Agree with us for the people, the resources, the wisdom, the guidance, the favor, the direction as we partner together to help bring healing and hope in some small way. During this week as well, we also followed up with some of the partners we're working with in Kentucky from last year's tornadoes and flooding, and praise the Lord that we've been able to bring some element of relief and help in bringing heaters and bringing resources and blankets and somebody cares bears, as well as helping to purchase appliances and other resources for some of the families finally getting back into their homes. We're also still continuing to work in other outreaches throughout our city in Houston, cities across America as well as working with churches in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian in Florida. So it continues on and on and on, and I'm thinking about even something I wrote back in 2010. I wrote various articles, and one of them was called The Whole Earth Groans and Shakes with Birth Pangs, as well as other similar articles during that period. I had no idea just how quickly the world would be changing in a few short years. I wrote that all that can be shaken is being shaken out of Hebrews 12, 25 through 29, The nations will rage, Psalm 2 and Isaiah 13, verse 4 through 13, and the whole earth will groan with birth pangs, Romans 8, 18 through 23. Our complex, chaotic world seems to be spinning out of control, I said. Demonic forces are accelerating their attacks. Natural disasters are occurring more than ever before, and thousands are dying from disasters, outbreaks, and plagues, and incurable diseases. Now remember, I wrote this in 2010. Romans 8.22 tells us, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Psalm 2 speaks of nations raging and the arrogance of leaders, while the book of Jude speaks of increases in apostasy, false teaching, and in-your-face disregard for the name of the Lord and His people. Looking back over the last few years, there is no doubt that we're seeing this being lived out right before us. 
The big question, I think, is are we prepared? Are we spiritually fit and ready for the days ahead? In fact, that is the title of an article I published back in 2012. Are we spiritually prepared and ready or fit for the days ahead? I said, prepare, prepare, prepare. Prepare a people, prepare the bride of Christ, prepare an ark of refuge, sound the alarm, stop pushing the snooze buttons, for the wake-up call is here. Revelation 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. That's preparing the bride. Are we individually and corporately as a church prepared of heart for the days ahead? And then we see in Hebrews chapter 11 that by divine warning, Noah prepared or built an ark. Today, I believe we as the church should prepare ourselves as an ark of refuge for those who are going to be seeking help and refuge in the times of the storms that are continuing to come, the challenges of life. We need to be ready as a bride, as the church, as an ark of refuge. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, O highway for our God. In other words, we are a people who are to help prepare the way. We should be a voice, a corporate voice of crying in the wilderness. We should be a prophetic pathway as the corporate body of Christ to help people guide them into the place of their own personal destiny, their own revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. And this begins with us. You may recall a recent podcast of mine called Creating Me a Clean Heart, where I talked about the exposures that God was going to bring in the church and in the world the implosions of the things that we put our security in, and the explosions of God where we would see explosive outpourings of God. And I'm so encouraged to see and to hear about what's happening at Asbury University and and places across the country and pockets around the world where there have been explosive or suddenly moments of God in the midst of difficult situations. Even in the midst of the horrific and tragic situation with the earthquake, what's happening in Ukraine and so many other places, people suffering from tragedies and natural disasters and human crisis, in the midst of those things, there are still good news reports of people responding with the compassion and the heart of God, representing the gospel of good news in the most difficult of circumstances. We can't change the tragedies that have happened, what the enemy has meant for harm, but we as God's people can take opportunity of these moments to come and be a light in the midst of such difficult pain, struggles, and horrendous situations. For God's people to be most effective in the midst of these times, we must be sensitive to the leading of the Lord, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and sensitive to the needs of people around us in preparation of our own hearts so we can be more effective. In Exodus 19 verse 10 God speaks to Moses and says, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. God wants to do a work in us so we can be more effective and He can work through us in greater way. Exodus 19 verse 22 says, Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. I believe God's speaking to shepherds and sheep He's calling upon us to reflect on our own hearts, have that place of personal introspection and reflection of where we really are in our relationship with the Lord. If we're going to have greater impact in reaching those around us, we need to make sure that our hearts are totally surrendered to the Lord and being led of the Lord so He can work in us and through us. We hear a lot about breakthroughs and revival, but true revival happens when we humble ourselves in genuine worship and personal repentance and acknowledgement that our only hope lies in the power of God. As Charles Finney used to say, 
A revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. And I found that this call to prayer I posted a few years ago in stirring the winds of revival definitely is needed more now than ever before. I wrote, I've had a strong stirring in my heart and my spirit for authentic, transforming revival. I sense God wants to do a mighty thing in our nation and around the world once again, but we, His bride, need to personally be prepared. God is calling us to a season of passionate pursuit of Him, and I sense a need to mobilize an army of intercessors who will pray the price for His abiding, manifest presence to once again inhabit His people. This is not about just another visitation. We are asking for a committed group of believers to consistently cry out for a spiritual awakening, personally, in their community, in the church, and across our nation. See, those who tell and reflect the story define the narrative and create the history. What's our story? What story are we expressing by our words, actions, gestures, and thoughts? Duncan Campbell said this, Revival is the impact of the personality of Christ on a community. Winky Prattney in his book, Revival, Its Principles and Personalities, says, When God finds someone with courage to pray and live a life of holiness and compassion, He can literally change the face of a nation. I believe like never before, we need men and women of courage who are lovers of truth more than life itself. Reflecting that same sentiment, I found this quote by Charles Finney. He says, In any community, revival can be secured from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. Wow. John Hyde, or known as Praying John Hyde to many, and it was part of the Punjab Prayer Union that saw the Salecott revivals that broke loose. He used to say, give me souls or I die. Over the years, and most recently during a gathering of intercessors, prayer leaders, pastors, we were gathered in Dallas, Texas, and I shared that many great outpourings come during times of thunderstorms or difficulties or challenges. If we look historically, Every major move of God or an awakening or revival, at least in the context of the last two or three hundred years, has come in the context of difficulties or storms in life. In 1806, for example, there were five students from Williams College in Massachusetts, and they had to take shelter from a thunderstorm near a haystack. In fact, let me quote from historian and friend William Federer. He said, in 1806, five Williams College students met by the Hoosick River in Massachusetts near a grove of trees to begin to discuss how do we reach the world with the gospel. And suddenly a major thunderstorm poured down torrential rain and the students had to hide next to a haystack till it passed. William Federer goes on to quote the book Williamstown and Williams College by Arthur Latham Perry, written in 1904. The brevity of the shower, the strangeness of the place of refuge, and the peculiarity of their topic of prayer and conference all took hold of their imaginations and their memories. He says the Haystack prayer meeting led to the founding of the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions, which in the next 50 years sent out 1,250 missionaries to India, China, Hawaii, Southeast Asia countries, and beyond. In 150 years, it sent out 5,000 to mission fields around the world. Missionaries that established schools, hospitals, and translated the Bible into indigenous languages, even creating written languages. In 2019, in preparation for a gathering of university students throughout New England, of which I was a guest speaker and was so honored to be invited, Darren Temple and his wife Bethany Yo Temple, the daughter of Marlene Yo, our director for Somebody Cares New England, said these words. Four years later, after the Haystack prayer meeting, 
in Bradford, Massachusetts, they formed the American Board of Commissioners for Foreign Missions. That means these are the students that were from Williams College that were in that thunderstorm. So out of thunderstorm, they got a revelation by a haystack, and this turned into the haystack prayer meeting that gave them a vision to reach the nations. It says their objective was to spread Christianity worldwide. So in 1812, they sent their very first band of missionaries from Bradford, Massachusetts, which included Adoniram Judson and Anne Hazeltine. One hundred years later, at the centennial celebration of the first missionary sent out, John R. Mott came to Bradford to commemorate the task that they had begun and to call for and declare the fulfillment of their task. The watchword for that new student missions movement became the evangelization of the world in this generation. Bethany and her husband, Daryl, have been believing for the redemptive gifts and calling of New England and the Northeast region and said that the Northeast students and university students are poised and positioned for another great awakening and an unprecedented missionary sending movement. I remember back in 2002 when Marlene Yeo, our director for Somebody Cares New England, had contacted me and said that Bradford College, the historic Bradford College, the very place where a worldwide student missions movement was birthed, was no longer in existence. So from its historic beginnings as a Christian college that helped birth a worldwide youth missions movement was now closed. In fact, over time, it had become a secular liberal arts school that no longer had any semblance of its roots and its beginnings. So when Marlene told me that it was closed and it was being set up to be sold as pieces of property for real estate, I thought, no, we've got to pray. So as I recall, we gathered together in 2002, and I remember that Matt Stevens from Somebody Cares Baltimore was with us, Bethany Yo Temple, Darren Temple, Brian Simmons before he had the Passion Translation Bible, and so many others gathered together, and we walked the property of what was Bradford College, now closed. We walked the property, walked through the buildings, began to pray, God, would you raise up another generation another student movement of missions to the world and to the nations, right from here, from this very site. As we began to pray, we began to sense God was going to do something, but we had no idea what He would do. Matt Stevens said, I am reminded of how God answers prayer. Looking in my timeline today, he said, and remembering getting to spend time with people who know what God does through persistent and unified prayer. He said, heroes of my faith like Doug Stringer, Marlene Yeo, Bethany, Daryl, Michelle, and the Hecox, and others. Here we were standing and believing God for what is now an incredible redemptive use of God's plan and purposes. You see, in that time of prayer and walking the property of Bradford College that was going to be turned into real estate, sold off, we cried out, we interceded, we believed that God would redeem what He initiated through five college students at Williams College at a haystack, in a thunderstorm that started a global missions movement of young people. We believe that God could do that again and redeem that very sight. So we called upon the Lord, even though it seemed impossible in the natural. But through a chain of events, the most miraculous thing took place. Rather than being sold into real estate, a forgotten memory of history past, Zion Bible College ended up purchasing and moving into the old Bradford College facility. Zion Bible College is now called North Point Bible College, 
right there in Bradford, Haverhill, Massachusetts, and sending forth Bible students all over the world as pastors and missionaries, could it be that God is about to pour out His Spirit in the midst of troubled times through a next generation of young prophetic leaders who will pave the way for another outpouring, a global outpouring of the presence of God? That is why I'm so encouraged to hear what's happening at Asbury University. I've received so many text messages, video clips, people sending me messages and notes about what is happening there and the sweet presence of God there. In fact, one friend who is the former president of Asbury, he texted me a couple of days into the move of God that broke out there during their chapel service. And he said, my friends testify to the gentle, loving, healing presence of the Spirit of God. If there was ever a generation in need of this kind of love of God, it's now. So in the midst of so many global challenges, unrest, insecurities, people's hearts being overwhelmed, in the storms of life, the thunderstorms, this is an opportunity and a moment for God's people to go to their knees, believing God like the haystack prayer meeting that would birth something fresh out of the most difficult of times. We look at every great revival, awakening, or moves of God in the last two to three hundred years, at least in the context of here in America, and we've seen these revivals are born out of times of tension, times of difficulty, times of global challenges. We need another outpouring like that today in the midst of all the civil unrest, in the midst of all the divisiveness, in the midst of all the global challenges, the earth groaning, the nations raging, all that's being shaken is being shaken. This is an opportunity for us to call upon the name of the Lord and believe God to birth something fresh in an outpouring of student missions, a prophetic clarity of direction, a prophetic pathway for revival and the coming of the Lord as we gather together multi-generational, multi-ethnic, cross-denominational, who would gather together to become part of something greater than ourselves, believing God to move not just in Asbury, but move across this nation and around the world. In the midst of the thunderstorms of life, in the midst of difficulties, it's a moment of opportunity. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, in the midst of all the difficulties, natural human crises, disasters, plagues, and pestilence, and wars and rumors of wars, divisiveness, even racial tension, Jesus said in verse 13 of Luke 21, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. You've heard me share before about the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. In the midst of her most human impossibility, in the midst of her personal grief, her doubts and her questions, she called upon the name of the Lord and God brought forth through her in her human impossibility, a new generation of prophet and judge in the son Samuel. What can God do in the midst of the most difficult of times? God can bring forth an awakening, moves of God, gives us a fresh vision individually and corporately to go forth and be who God's called us to be in a world of difficulty. It's time for us to let our light shine before all the world to show them that Jesus is Lord, He is real, and He can bring healing and hope in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. As I conclude this particular podcast I want to quote something from Glenn Burris, who's been a longtime friend, and he's the former president of the International Foursquare Churches, and he posted this on February the 12th, 2023. He said, let the fire spread. He said, there's a big football game going on in Glendale, Arizona today, which is the Super Bowl, but there's a more important event going on in Wilmore, Kentucky, a revival. 
One is temporal and one is eternal implications. And throughout history, he said, God has chosen to interrupt our human plans and bring a divine outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The 10 day of Pentecost was an example in Acts chapter 2. 50 plus years ago, an outpouring happened at Duskeen University that led to a charismatic Catholic renewal that transformed millions of lives, and it's still happening today. This week, an extraordinary move of God has been going on at Asbury University in Kentucky. At a student chapel at school, worship led to a time of repentance and testimonies. The glory of the Lord is set on this place now for 96 hours as of the writing of this particular post that he gave. The Holy Spirit was tangible in the room, said Anna Lee White, a student at the University of Kentucky and a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Chains were broken, confession happened, and God was praised as holy, holy, holy. Both the 1970 revival at Asbury and this one now happened when our nation was at great unrest, and both began during a student chapel service. Reports have this already spreading across the nation and world. Hallelujah, he says, let the fire spread. As I'm thinking about what he posted, I'm reminded of an old friend, Reiji Hoshizaki, or we knew him as Rei Hoshizaki, and, or in Japanese we say Hoshizaki-san. And during World War II, he was a student at Baylor University. And when other Asians and Japanese Americans were put into interim camps, they allowed him to stay at Baylor University in Waco, Texas as a student. It was during that time a group of students gathered together who were Christians, including Ray Hoshizaki, and said, we believe that, Ray, you're supposed to help lead us into revival meetings. He said, I'm not the right person. I'm the unlikely person because I'm the Japanese-American when there's a war going on with Japan and in Europe. I'm not the right one. And yet they really sensed that he was the one to help lead them in prayer services and revival services. I won't get into the whole history. I've written articles about the unlikely Sparker revival, and I tell about his story in that article from years ago. I had the pleasure of being at Baylor University with Dr. Tony Evans and the pastors of the region in Waco as I came and I shared about Rei Hoshizaki and the history of revival at Baylor. So I don't want to get into that right now. You can read about that later or find that article, an unlikely spark for revival. But here's what I do want to say. In the midst of the difficulties of world war at the time, in the difficulties we had in our own nation at the time, God used an unlikely spark for revival. A student at Baylor University who happened to be of Asian descent, who happened to be actually of Japanese American descent, and yet God used him and other students at Baylor University to spark a campus revival that spread to other campuses across the region. And then ultimately he became one of the first missionaries sent from the North American Missions Board to Japan after World War II, and the rest is history. You see, in the midst of the difficult times of life, in the midst of our thunderstorms, in the midst of global challenges, in the midst of unrest in our own country, this is the moment, this is the time for us to go to the place of the haystack, the place of prayer, and believing God for vision to be birthed even through the most difficult of circumstances, the thunderstorms of life. And God wants to use you, God wants to use us together to see an outpouring of His presence so we can bring an element of healing in the midst of darkness to bring light 
light and darkness, healing and hope in the midst of despair. We need a move of God, but it only happens when we first, as God's people, have that place of personal introspection and reflection, giving our hearts wholly to the Lord, surrendered to Him, walking in that place of holiness and humility and honesty with ourselves and God, and the place of honor, that we would honor the Lord in all that we do say and think. So I encourage you today, this is our moment. And if you're a Super Bowl fan and you're going to be watching the Super Bowl, that's great. I'll be watching some of that. But let's keep our perspective. One is temporal. Others are eternal. We have an opportunity in this season, in this window of time, to see in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances an outpouring of the presence of God that will spark move of God around the world. Let's be a part of being history makers. Let's not just talk about it, sing about it, write about it, read about it. Let's be a part of it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.